All right, all right. Oh, look at all this beautiful black art. Scaring these people all out All over the streets. All I'm right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It has been a long and painful summer. But here we are, back at the table. Back at the table. It's been a while. Here we are. It's been a long and painful year. Yes. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um... Yeah, it didn't get any better this summer. I feel like it got worse in some ways. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we're just limping along. We're yeah. limping along, so. you know, but we're still here. I'm still here, still single. You know what I mean? Waiting I'm for somebody <laughs> to love me. Nobody, nobody loves me. Virus and so, and you're working you know, directly on COVID, right? Yes, I work on some COVID studies now. I'm working in the field, and um, I mean, science we're moving as fast as we can, but the pace of science is slow, and we want things to be safe and done appropriately. And um, we're not forcing anything to be done by election day, as some people would suggest. <laughs> we are following the the appropriate pace of science. So, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it just makes for a very, very busy work schedule. So yeah. Now, we, we can't just gloss over this because this is the hot topic of the day. So I have to uh -huh. ask you, <laughs> if a vaccine came out, mm, let's say in October, like some people are promising, would you as a scientist take it? In October? As in like next month? As in like, you know, <laughs> yeah, a few days. Yeah. Um, That would be a hard... Pass. A hard pass. No. And you're a scientist. A hard you're a pass. scientist working on COVID. I'm a scientist, yeah. 19 right now. Yeah. And you would not touch that stuff. It it no, not not yet. It takes time. It takes time to actually see what the um safety profile is of a new drug. And based on when these studies have gone into the field, October is not enough time for the safety profile and then for scientists to evaluate all the data that come out. So no, not yet. So is this fall? a safe time for booty shaking at the club i <laughs> would strongly advise against booty shaking at the no club. booty shaking at the club unless no unless you are like tuning in to like you know our favorite instagram dj and like clubbing it at home or something but otherwise no yeah no so everybody checking on d nice or quest love get your groove on <laughs> jazzy jeff does it too jazzy exactly. jeff is a great dj and uh but not at the club exactly. not at the club not at the club, no. You can do a little Zoom party with your friends so y'all can see each other and talk to each other and, you know, tune in together. But I would advise against being at the club or any place where there's a ton of people in an enclosed space where you're not having air freely circulating. And, um, yeah, it's dangerous. So when you I meet mean, that it's just a, opportunity for viral spread. And so when you meet that attractive person, you know, both of your breath all hot mm -hmm. and stanky, but you're, you're in love. <laughs> For the first couple of seconds of meeting each other, and it's time for that kiss. Uh -huh. Let's put on the damn mask. Put on the mask. <laughs> Hold up, brother, and put the mask I mean, on. I don't know what dating in the time of COVID looks like. I know people are still doing it, and you know everyone has a risk uh, tolerance level. My tolerance level for risk is pretty low, 
Others are a little bit higher. So, I mean, it's still people meeting each other and taking chances and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know what to say. What would be your advice? I'm not doing it. What would be your advice for people uh, in in everyday life? Because people go out. You know, I Mm -hmm. went out um, one day. I was in Clarendon. And um, there was a line of kids going into, I think it was a rooftop bar. But you could tell the mm-hmm. place had to be jam-packed. I'm like, it don't matter if it's on the roof. Y'all spitting all over each other. You're drunk. You're all in each other's yeah. face. Like, what, what would be your advice for people? And I really feel like the main people who are kind of ignoring it, because I live across the street from a bar, too. But the main people mm-hmm. who are kind of ignoring it are, you know, uh, people when they're like, really, it's everybody. But mainly people in, like, their late twenties, early to late 20s and all through the 30s and 40s also. People are ignoring it. I feel like everybody's ignoring it. I don't even know if there's like any race or class or age that yeah. is doing it more than the other. I mean, even when you're on social media, you see people posting pictures from weddings and funerals and get togethers mm. and birthday parties. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's everybody. You see young and old and black and white. And so I think everyone, I think there's just pockets of people who have even either just like given up and they're like survival of the fittest. We'll just yeah. see how this all shakes out. Um, I mean, that's basically, I think, the stance people are taking, unfortunately. But my advice to people, I mean, I'm not saying you have to stay locked into your house, but you have to be smart. So if at all possible, if you're going to gather with people, try to do it outside. Um, Try not to have a ton of people gathered in a small place, like you said, where you're like breathing and spitting on each other. Um, And if you are in a place where people are close, like within that six feet range that they recommend, which is still... A little bit close considering you know what we know about how much this virus can spread on um, aerosol spray um, wear a mask I mean keep yeah. the spit in the spray to yourself <laughs> and if we all did that collectively like we would be in such a better place than we are right now like if you're gonna be close to people wear a mask it makes it difficult if you want to eat and drink together I get that um, right now that's just not my priority to eat and drink with people right. unless we're like out at a park or something and we can be separate like get your carry out and go to a park so for, when you, know, you meet miss when you meet miss or mr mcnasty and you all up in each other's face and stuff you still need to wear a mask and it's no time for sexy time I, <laughs> no time for sexy time no so i mean this is the thing if you meet somebody it's almost like when you're like having to evaluate like a new partner like a new sex partner it's like you have to find out like where you been what are you doing um, how you been living and there's of course a risk that you take but you want to partner with someone I think who has a comparable risk tolerance as you so if they've been primarily social distancing and staying home and you've been doing the same then you might be safe to cross some boundaries and so you know you have to evaluate that and see what you want to do so I'm hearing that can't nothing turn a hoe into a housewife like COVID-19 is that the truth because <laughs> I mean, if you're nervous about catching the Rona, yeah, that's yeah. true. Now, if you don't have any nervousness about it, then, you know, you're going you're gonna to do what you're going to do. But, yeah, if you try and be safe and try and be careful, I would say you might want to tone down on the hoeing right now. Yeah, yeah. I was really talking about myself, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... <laughs> trying to turn so my are you ass. in housewife mode right now I, i'm in housewife <laughs> mode right now it's just me and are you my dog housewife right now yeah yeah I, people see me down the street i wave from a distance they're becoming closer the you ever be like just wave to somebody from a distance because you know COVID's out and they just keep coming closer and you keep walking the other way like nah i ain't walking coming. back yes <laughs> 
Yeah, when I go out on walks, um, I certainly, if I see someone on the sidewalk, I walk in the street and I wave and, you know, they're my neighbors. I'm like, hey, how's it going? But yeah, I make that big, like, C-turn, like, out into the street. I'm like, yeah, we don't have to walk next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to feel your air on my face when I walk by. That means, you know, I might be contaminated. So, yeah. Yeah. Distance. Yeah. The, the, Distance and masks. There's a new level yeah. of trust out there we got going on. It is a new level, so yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to have my internal organs compromised for the rest of my life because of COVID. So it's just such That's a true. gamble. I mean, most people recover, but about 20% of the people who catch this are going to have long-term effects, and so I don't want to be in that 20%. So yeah, and and the effect the long-term effects sound horrible. They sound horrible for people. Yeah, they sound they sound pretty bad. They sound bad. So I mean, if I couldn't um, taste food, yeah. a diet would be pretty easy though. If you couldn't taste food. <laughs> But that, that is more of a short-term effect, so that seems to come back in people. The more long-term effects are more like uh, vascular effects that people are having. So long-term difficulties with breathing, um, you know, catching your breath, um, pain and soreness and that sort of thing. Like those seem to linger on quite a long time, which is, you know, significantly impairs the quality of your life or your ability to like move about, exercise, like have fun. So, um, yeah. So we're still learning a lot, and so yeah. Are you nervous about this winter coming? I mean, we're moving into flu season. I mean, I'm not. I'm nervous, kind of, for the sake of the country. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nervous for myself so much right. because we have been quite safe. We have like our small little pod of people who we see, and uh, you know, of course, there's risk anytime. Like you move outside of your um, your household, but we we have a small pod. And so I'm not so much worried about us. I'm worried about this country just because people have turned this into a political issue and not just a public health issue. So there's yeah. bizarre rebellion to like actually adhere to health measures, which is bizarre. I'm like, how did we get to this point where this is like a political issue? But yeah. whatever. I mean, it is no, what no, it is. So I, I'm, I'm concerned about the country. That. Yeah, we got a lot right. of time to get to that. This, this is uh -huh. this is our first political season right now, all right? Like this is our third season, but yeah. this is the first time our we're first in politics. Yeah. yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk some yeah. trash this year. We got two old right. we got two old white men who mad as shit at each other. They mad. Right. I can't wait to see exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. Can't wait to see it, man. Oh gosh, it's it's gonna be crazy. It's like it's Rocky versus Ivan Drago of politics. <laughs> Rocky oh Ford, God. man. If he dies, he dies. I'm like. Of all the hundreds of millions of people in this country, we could only find two 70-year-old white men to go toe-to-toe -to -toe for the presidency. I, I'm like, interesting. I mean, I know, we, I know mm. we gotta go, but it is kind of comical that the best progressives could come up with was another almost 80-year-old white man. Right. You know? And then it was like, oh, we got a sister for y'all, too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's throw her in, too. Hey, is we're we're in a bizarre state. This are. country is in a bizarre. Well, they made state a big right mistake now. because you know that brother's pretty old, so she might be the president soon. But uh, I, I well, I'll take it. <laughs> on that, you know, I'm a fan. Yeah, I know I, you are. <laughs> I, I, I'm a fan. I, I'm border, but you know what? I've already voted, so she's got my vote. So I hope she does well. Uh -huh. I hope she does well. I give a sister a chance any day. So on that note, she will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna dive, dive into this uh, little bag lunch we got sitting out here on Black Lives Matter Boulevard. Right. Peanut butter jelly time. I know. <laughs> 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 on old school, see brown bag. Come on, get it. All the way to fly. <laughs>
ocasiones Para ver sus atracciones y compararlas después La bella Matanzas es orgullo de la nación Y también muy lindos son Santiago Guinness la Diana Pero mi Celia la Habana no tiene comparación Wow So you've been watching so, a lot of movies you know, this summer You know, you, you have no choice because you're at home. <laughs> and I've started enjoying movies on my couch, you know? Yeah. I mm -hmm. miss going to the big dark room of the theater and just having the popcorn and the soda because to go to the movies by myself is one of my favorite things. I know some people, it makes mm -hmm. them wish they had a significant other. For me, it doesn't. I hate when somebody talks to me or looks at me in a movie <laughs> to see if I saw the same thing they saw. I'm like, no, I don't want to look back uh -huh. at you. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I know it. Every ex-girlfriend is probably God, like, he is such... Movie curmudgeon. <laughs> I know. God, Every ex-girlfriend is probably like, he, <laughs> he is such a dick. Oh, but, no. I am... Um, <laughs> I, so I came across this thing the other day. It was an article. Mm -hmm. And apparently, I believe it's Ron Howard, uh, but he's getting a mm -hmm. lot of backlash about directing a movie about an Asian like violinist or something but okay the main thing is that he's directing a movie about an Asian person and people are like why mm -hmm. isn't an Asian person directing that movie okay and so I, I wanted to just pick your brain on it and how <laughs> you feel about white folks telling hmm. your story discuss <laughs> that's a good question because Yeah, I do. I mean, I definitely understand that, you know, when there's an opportunity um, in a space for, you know, black people, people of color in general to tell the stories about their own people, that mm -hmm. that space should be given to people of color, black people mm -hmm. and other people of color. I get that. Um, but at the same time, um, there is like a craft To directing, especially depending on what the movie's about. I don't know what this particular movie is about, but there's a craft to directing that um, I think some people are just like really, really talented at, like a Steven Spielberg or a Ron Howard. So, um, so now if everybody behind the camera was white and everybody in front of the camera was like a person of color, I would find that problematic. I don't necessarily have a problem with a white director as long as there is very solid representation of the people being portrayed in the movie also behind the scenes hmm. helping mm -hmm. put it together whether that be the music and the costumes and like other you know other aspects of the movie I, I wouldn't have such a problem with it and and that's just me and I know that seems um, like something I miss all black everything would not say but um, yeah. yeah as long as I think there was like a solid representation and other aspects I, I wouldn't have so much of a problem because I know there are some extraordinary you know white directors um, who have directed some of my favorite movies, like The Color Purple, so, you know. And that was directed by... <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Steven, Steven Spielberg. So... <laughs> <laughs> Look at your face. I feel like you're just about to, like, go in. <laughs> I just got one question. I, I, can think, I think this argument can be settled with one question. Uh -huh. Would you want a white man telling your story? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Now, But Steven Spielberg. Like, what, what if Steven Spielberg was gonna like direct a movie about me? Like, if I did something extraordinary, I think as long as 
Actually, I say no. But if he were the director, but like everyone else who, like, you know, the, the writer or whoever was adapting the film from, or adapting it maybe from, you know, I don't know, a book to a film or whatever. Um, if all the other people around him were like black people, black women in particular, but he like sat in the director's chair, I don't, I, I can't say like I would be opposed to it. Um, like I said, for someone who has like that much like clout and respect in the field. So, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of black directors out there. So may, I want to make sure we exhausted the opportunity for a black woman to have that. Mm -hmm. It's getting real complicated right now. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I can't say I can't say flat out I would be opposed to it. I would question it how they, the decision was come to to make you know for to have him or someone else do it. But I would not be flat out opposed. I, I'm not flat out opposed, but I am opposed to it. <laughs> okay. And I okay. love the color purple. I love the color purple. Uh -huh. But I think. When I think of something like X or something, there's certain yeah. things to the black experience that you can't explain unless you're black. Bottom line, mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that there's. I'm pretty sure I'm not Asian, but I'm pretty sure there's certain things to the Asian experience that you cannot explain unless you're Asian. Now the mm -hmm. actors may be able to bring that out in their roles and everything. I can see you being a producer of it, but those guys mm -hmm. actually directing it. I'm like, why are you directing this? What makes you think you know enough about Asian people that you can tell their story? I mean, that's fair, but like, I just feel like they're so, they're not the writers, they're the directors, they're the ones who are making sure like visually things come together, like the execution is coming together. And I agree that like ha having a person who is reflected in, you know, who whose uh, identity is reflected um, and the story that's being told is probably ideal. But like I said, I think there's also an art to directing where one another director might be able to bring something to the stage or to the screen that we can't capture otherwise. <laughs> you know, come look at your face. <laughs> You're not buying it, so. <laughs> I, I think, look, everybody has the right to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can't, it's not like I think it should be illegal or anything. Like, you know, you can do whatever the hell For you sure. want. Like, mm -hmm. you know, right. but in, in, in my humble opinion, I just feel like this is how you get movies like The Last Samurai and The, and the, last, and the, 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 the Mexican with Brad Pitt, The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. Right. This is how you get it. This is how you, and this is how you get right. the, the idea of let's make a movie about Harriet Tubman with Julia Roberts. This is the exact same thing as what you get. You know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. They start dabbling in the culture. They get all these aspects wrong. I guarantee you, no matter what he does, there's going to be some people in the Asian community be like, nah, that's not how that really would work. That's not how we would do it. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? And I think that's the importance of having people. Now, in this world that we live in today, people, you have enough people and education spread out enough and you got enough directors and everything where people are able to tell their own story. And if you like this story, him as a director... Yes. And again, I like Ron Howard's one of my favorite directors. So I'm not like knocking him like he's mm -hmm. somebody I don't know. And I'm not really knocking him. I'm just taking my opinion on it. Um, yeah. But I'm just almost like if you have this story that you want to tell and it's about Asian people, why not hire an Asian director? He's got mm -hmm. the money to do it. I mean, he's Ron Howard. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. It's a fair, it's definitely a fair critique. And I, I said, like I said, I would be more concerned if everybody behind the camera 
did not look like the people in front of the camera. So I think yeah. that you can have a director and you have a lot of other people who are contributing that's to the true. development of this film. That's true. Who would reflect the story that's being told. Um, I, I don't concede, so, yeah. but I hear you. Right. I hear you. Now, if somehow my music <laughs> makes a big splash and something happens to me uh -huh. and they say we want to do a, a movie on Jason, it better be a Negro. <laughs> so noted. <laughs> right here on this episode on season three episode one of impolite dinner conversation i suppose this is legally binding unless it says so says otherwise someplace else so there you have it sounds good <laughs> sounds good episode yeah. yeah more dessert drink something hang out Five weeks right till election day. Is that right? Five I weeks. I think it is five weeks until election day, and we got some things to talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting five weeks. I and I, let me just be honest, like, and I think this is just for my own uh, mental and emotional well-being. I am just bracing myself for um, the re-election of Agent Orange. <laughs> you do you think he's gonna get it? Um, I've kind of. Um. You know, I've kind of lost faith in the humanity of this country, the collective humanity of this country. I know there's a lot of good people in this country, but I feel like the good people are some... There's two things. One is that they're sometimes lazy. And two, they're letting perfection be the enemy of the good. Yeah. So because the candidate that we have is not their ideal and perfect candidate, then they're just going to sit out. And it drives me crazy, but there's nothing you can do when these people are just like, you know, I'm back in 1978, he said such yeah. and such, and I don't like that, you know, and I'm just like, oh my God, are you kidding me, people? Or, you know, just, they have that attitude, like, he's not perfect, he's not the candidate I wanted, and therefore, like, there's no I need in voting. Or you mm -hmm. have, you know, the, the people, especially black people, who are just like, you know, let's just not vote until people like pay attention to our issues and I'm like that's not how it works like you have to continue to participate in the process you don't just sit out election after election and then think all of a sudden people are going to come and like respond to your needs they're going to ignore you and look for like another base you know the funny thing is is that I think on both sides conspiracy has really done a job on people everybody is so conspiracy based mm -hmm. you know except the only difference is that Republicans still mm -hmm. go vote Liberals, they'll get conspiracy-based and stop right. voting, you know? And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. But when you try to talk to them, it's like talking to a brick wall, you know? I was trying to talk to one of our cousins. On both sides, both, it's like talking to a both brick sides, wall. Both sides, yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. tried to talk to somebody I know right. the other day, and they were just like, yeah, I got in an argument with your mom about voting because, you know, I said I ain't voting. And I was like, I just tossed, I'm not even having this conversation. It's not worth it, you know? Right. Like, if you don't want to vote, cool. Yeah. One less person voting, you know what I mean? Uh, it like hurts my heart though because I'm just like you don't know how much like this you know elections matter 
not just in like our lives today, but like our lives over the next few decades, just like with the Supreme Court nominations and stuff. It's like these people sit on the courts forever and they like change the laws of the land at time, either to benefit you or to hurt you, yeah. you know? And so I, I just don't understand. And the other thing is like, you know, local elections are very important as well, but I do feel like it like the federal level, it really sets the tone for everything else downstream. So if you have someone like Trump in office who like, you know, has seemingly has a soft spot for, you know, these neo-Nazis and Confederates, like it sets a tone for like the whole rest of the country and how the country responds to these people, how it responds to them when they're out in the streets and like, you know, harassing people or threatening people. It sets the tone for when you have like this 17 year old, you know, punk that like shows up and starts shooting people with an automatic rifle. You have people like having sympathy for this kid or calling him a kid. Whereas, you know, if he were black, they would be calling him a thug. But, yeah. like, all of a sudden now he's, like, a stupid kid or a silly kid who did something, like, you know, immature. It sets the whole tone for how the country functions. And so I'm just, like, having someone like that as the head is just dangerous to everything else nah, downstream. Right. But people don't don't right. get it. I, I got no so, need for that. Um, um, well, you know what? We're going to have to get into it because um, I see my bus coming. So we're going to get into it later. So, put your put mask, my mask on. and gloves on. And, uh, get your hand sanitizer out. And my cross. Right. My cross. I just put my cross in front of people. Like they're vampires. Your yeah, cross? Yeah, like they're vampires. Are you? Stay the hell away from me. So I got to say, I don't think that's going to help you. But whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, try everything. I try everything. Try everything. Go- but, garlic, you know. everything. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Now, garlic might help keep people away from you. That actually might be yeah, effective. That's true. So, if you reek of garlic, people might be like, "Yo, I'm gonna just." It, back it up. worked with somebody I knew all my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh uh, God! Whenever I smell garlic, it still oh, yeah. like gives me a flashback. Flashback. Oh God! I don't have garlic in my house to this day. To this day, huh? To this day, I don't buy garlic. Mm-mm. Cool. So cool. Stinks. Well, <laughs> stinks. Well, all right. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> cool. Well, until next time, glad to be back. Good to be back, and we'll talk again next week. I'm sure there will be a lot to That's discuss. <laughs> all right. See ya. Fight the power. Fight the power. We got the power.